0: Let's Go Tokyo with Ben O'Shea and Mark Reddings. Hello and welcome to Let's Go Tokyo, a special podcast completely dedicated to the Tokyo Olympics. I'm Ben O'Shea, joined by Mark Reddings. All this week, leading up to the Olympic Games, we'll be speaking to some very talented West Aussies who'll be heading to Tokyo. Now, Skeet, we spoke on yesterday's show about the impact COVID is already having on the Games, and it turns out this podcast isn't immune.
1: Yes, Ben, of course, we spoke to John Piers about his upcoming doubles appearance for Australia at the Tokyo Olympics. At that stage, Alex Dimonor was going to be his partner, but... When we spoke to John in London, uh, the excitement was there. Since that moment, unfortunately, Alex Demonor has tested positive to COVID-19. So now John will be paired up with double specialist Max Purcell. But the chat we had with John was terrific on the podcast. Outstanding to find out what goes on to his preparation, how much he's looking forward to representing his country. And of course, as part of that, uh, the change of partner and what that will do, it remains to be seen. But Alex Dimonor uh, misses out. But on Instagram, there was a, a touching message from John Piers uh, saying, really feeling for Alex, who won't get the chance to represent Australia in Tokyo. I was so looking forward to playing with him, but I know that he'll be back bigger and stronger. So not the ideal build-up for John Piers and Australian tennis in the doubles. But Max Purcell steps into the hot seat.
0: Yeah, he comes in. Uh, his highest singles ranking is 190, but he's a double specialist, as you say, Skeet. Uh, his, his top ranking in the doubles is number 38 in the world. So he's no slouch when it comes to the doubles game. Now, let's have a listen to our chat with tennis star John Pierce. Now, when we spoke to him, he was in London, as you said. So we're not going to talk to him about Max Purcell. We tried to get onto him, uh, but unfortunately, he's flat out getting uh, the hang of his new partner. The chemistry between those players on the doubles court is critical. Uh, the chat remains so fascinating, and I'm sure everybody will enjoy it. WA's Elite Athletes on the podium. G'day, John. How are you, guys? Now, tell us, you're originally from Victoria. You're based now in Perth, although you're in London right now. We'll claim you as our own. Can you tell us how you came to play tennis in the first place? What drew you to the sport?
2: Uh, I was lucky enough that uh, mum played growing up and then played a little bit professionally and then also coached, so uh, I ended up playing watching her lessons and just wanting to get involved. And to be honest, as a child, I played any sport I possibly could, whether it was footy, cricket, tennis, didn't really matter what it was and just sort of wanted to have a crack and have a go and probably be a little boy and just smash balls around for a living and lucky enough to continue doing that the rest of my life. And just to be honest, I just love playing sport and tennis was the one I kept kept going on for the longest period of time for.
1: So, John, given that you've had this tennis bug for a fair chunk of your life. What about being a ball boy at the Australian Open and Davis Cup? That must have given you an even greater sense of what it was like to be amongst the big
2: boys at that stage. Yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, that's, it just sort of sums up. I mean, all I wanted to do was be in and around sport, see what the best in the world do as quickly as I could, and lucky enough to be a ball boy at both Aussie Open and Davis Cup and just sort of see what those guys do up close is just something remarkable and I know I was lucky enough that to even ball boy like Pat Rafter and Leighton Hewitt, and now I'm actually talking to them as a Conrad, which is actually quite uh, quite scary to think that, that so many years before I was ball boying them out on the centre court at Rod Laver. So it's just something which I always grew up loving to do, and being in and around sport was just always my passion and something I really enjoy.
0: Yeah, and you got 21 professional doubles titles to your name. You had a career-high doubles ranking of world number two in 2017, which you held for 22 weeks. You've been to Rio. Can you tell us a little bit about what the Rio games were like back in 2016?
2: Yeah, Rio was an unbelievable experience. To be able to go over and mix with the best athletes in the world and see the other Aussies that do it year in, year out and just – you always hear about it being special to be able to go to Olympics, but until you actually get to do it yourself, it's something which even when I talk now, gives me a chill going down the back of my spine just to be able to know you and say you're representing your country with and call yourself an Olympian. It's something which is just something remarkable and something as a child I always dreamed of doing and something that was really special. But I know my best probably memory back from Rio was just being able to sit around and just watch the other athletes go about what they do and see what they do and the way they hold themselves, the way they go about things, but also see how tight knit the Australian team is as a whole. Didn't matter what sport you're doing, everyone was getting behind you, and it's something which is really special and a huge honour to be able to call yourself an Olympian.
1: Now, going back to Rio 2016, you and Chris Guccione beaten in the first round by Argentina. So, I'm sure from an on-court perspective, you'd love to push a lot deeper into the tournament.
2: If we can get our teeth into the tournament, it should be uh, a lot of fun, and especially with what I know not just the Aussies have been through, but the world's been through recently.
1: Yeah, we know there's some big names who have pulled out. The most recent Roger Federer, and he's looking ahead to the US Open. But from a massive positive Ash Party after what she's done over in London, I'm sure you kept a close eye on her performance, being able to win a title at Wimbledon, and now heading off to the Olympics, that must give the tennis group a huge boost.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what Ash has been able to do recently for, the, for not only herself, but for the game and all of Australia is something really special. And uh, I know we're excited as a team to be able to push for not only one, but hopefully numerous medals coming in for the games. And to be able to know as a team we can actually do that is something really special. And I know we've got also Sam Stozer who's going for her fifth games, which is another incredible achievement as well.
0: Yeah, well, you know, you probably know this. Australia's only gold medal in the tennis came in the men's doubles, the Woodies, the uh, inimitable Woodies Woodies back in Atlanta in 1996. What are your expectations here? Uh, How do you think Ash is going to go? And how do you think the conditions in Tokyo, which we know from speaking to other uh, Olympians who are heading over, is going to be humid, it's going to be hot? How is that going to play into it?
2: Yeah, I think it's more about... We're used to travelling week in, week out and changing conditions all the time and I think the biggest challenge is going to be just for us, we're all going early enough so the acclimatising won't be an issue. I mean, we're used to getting in there three, two, three days before we're going to have five, six days so getting used to the conditions won't be an issue for us. It's more just getting our teeth into the tournament, resetting and knowing, okay, we're back to the start square one and let's give it a crack and see what we can do and I know as a team we're all really excited to get over and really probably get our teeth into the tournament show everyone how good we are as Australians
1: so John there's been criticism of tennis being in the Olympics I'm sure you're well aware of that and how much it does or doesn't mean to tennis players given you've got professional careers travel the world and this isn't the pinnacle of your chosen sport can you tell me differently it sounds like you can't wait to wear the green and golden and, and really give this Olympic Games the best shot possible
2: yeah, I mean, any chance I get to wear the green and gold is something really special. And, I mean, we get one shot in an Olympic medal every four years. We get a shot at Grand Slam four times a year, so that may actually sort of tell you how special it is for a lot of a lot of the athletes coming through. And I know it's something you always want on your resume. And you even look at the top boys like Roger Rafa, Novak, they all want Olympic gold. They want to be able to tick it off their list and say they've got it on their resume and it's one of the ones they've got. I mean, Andy Murray did it in... When london olympics and you saw how much it meant to him to be able to win gold in front of his home crowd so to be able to say otherwise i think uh i think they're drawing us straws a bit
0: and now doubles is a bit of a different beast to the singles game and you can have great players uh in the singles men's draw when they go to the doubles game they get knocked off by the specialists who are your biggest challenges on the court in tokyo
2: to be honest, right now I haven't really looked at the list. It's more just going to be whether what level we can what we can produce. And at the end of the day, we've only got to beat what's in front of us, not actually the whole field. So, I love I mean, that. I love that, John. To, you're,
0: you're focused on yourself. You don't you don't care who's on the other side at, of the net. Not not
2: really at the moment. I mean, we're too far out. And if I start worrying about it now, I'm going to get too anxious. and too worried about it. But no, at the end of the day, we just got to prepare the way we can prepare and. There's always going to be challenges ahead of us, no matter what it is. And I know whether you're playing the top singles guys or the top doubles guys on the doubles court, there's always something special and unique that comes out from anyone that comes on court. So there's never an easy match on a doubles court. And that's uh, probably the biggest challenge week in, week out we find, let alone guns in Olympics, where you get one shot every four years.
0: And how tempting is it, as as someone who's played doubles at a very amateur level myself, the temptation to sort of uh, shark across the net is just overwhelming sometimes. How do you manage that?
2: <laughs> you pick your moments and uh, <laughs> hopefully edge edge your bets that you've gone at the right time,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and don't don't leave the sideline too open.
2: And, and don't leave too early, let's put it that way. If you leave too early, you can send them a telegraph and they'll know what's coming.
1: Yeah, let me just emphasise, John, that when Ben say, says he's played uh, double tennis at an amateur level, we mean an amateur level. Yeah, so yeah. let's not start having a conversation between tennis professionals here because I can tell you now there's one in the conversation and I'm looking at the other one who's not. Um, uh, just when it comes to the, the cans and can't-dos for the opening ceremony and, and whatnot, do you expecting to be able to uh, march and, and, and walk out out with the team are you any restrictions that you've been told recently that are going to affect you um over the next couple of weeks
2: to be honest we've there's been a lot of restrictions told what's going to happen and what's not going to happen uh i got word that we may be able to potentially walk but at the end of the day it's very fluid in this day and age what we can and can't do so To be able to just get over there with all the other Olympians and just sort of take it in your stride, what we can do and just get ready to compete is probably the biggest aspect of what we can focus on because at the end of the day, that's all we can control. But to be able to go over for another Olympic Games is going to be something special and I can't wait to get over there.
0: And one thing that I know that all of us punters are just so fascinated with is the athlete's village, what goes on, what it's like. How do you think Tokyo is going to be different to what you experienced in Rio, given all of the COVID concerns and protocols that'll be in place?
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be very different. I mean, I think the Aussies will certainly stick to themselves a lot more than what they did in Rio because we didn't have many restrictions in Rio, even though we had Zika virus there. But it's going to be interesting. We've got COVID protocols, which we've had to deal with on tour for probably almost the last 12 months since we restarted. And now going ahead to Tokyo, I think with even more restrictions just because of the sheer number of athletes and volume of the athletes' village is going to be quite intense, I think. So... At the end of the day, we're just trying to keep everyone safe with the protocols that are in place that we can all perform our best and do what we can through these crazy times.
0: Mm. Well, this is going to be the biggest ever squad Australia is sending to a game's tennis will run from July 24 to August 1. John Piers, thank you so much for joining us on Let's Go Tokyo. Uh, You know that the nation is going to be behind you. We wish you all the best,
2: mate. Thank you very much, guys. Great talking to you.
1: Pretty awesome, isn't it? Magnificent, and John's living the dream. London off to Tokyo. Uh, well, tennis players, professional tennis players, do live the dream we're, we're all the, the time, the, don't they? Really, they live the dream. But uh, for for those that are in the suitcase in the hotel, in and out, it, they just love to be home when they can. So yeah. yeah, but he's got the right attitude, as you'd expect from an athlete going over to Tokyo. And there are some tennis players that, uh, well, going to be too hard. Want to prepare for the U.S. Open. I it's think, not the Aussies. And, no, and I, think,
0: I think we've shown that uh, you know we historically really get onto Davis Cup, Federation Cup. like Any chance to represent Australia is something that uh, Australian professional sports people and tennis players, they just love. They relish it. They relish being around a team.
1: And I think we, that's where we share the, the, solo bo- sport, right? the, the bond with the, the New Zealanders as well, that, that representing your country on the big stage. Uh, we're a small nation comparatively to some of the the monsters out there, and just to be able to throw some and punches, figuratively speaking, uh, out there on on any given event is fantastic. Well, that's it for us. Thanks for joining
0: us today. I'm Ben O'Shea with Mark Reddings. Join us again when we speak to another athlete who will be heading to Tokyo next episode. This is Let's Go Tokyo, and you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. You've been listening to Let's Go Tokyo by The West Live with Ben O'Shea and Mark Reddings.